Today on the show, we have a follow-up episode. It's a follow-up episode. Very excited about this. I've heard you on, you know, the the Twitterverse, on the the Facegram, and um, you say, "Hey, Jesse, uh, th- that was just a bunch of guys in a bus." And, you know, you're just messing around. And why did you break Scott Terry's last ukulele string? And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to listen. I'm here to change. I'm here to adapt. I'm, I'm going to do it your way. And, you know, also, where's John? John's here. I just have a bunch of gigs, so I don't have an extra unwrapped XLR cable for a microphone. So sorry, buddy. Um, maybe next week. But I have on the show one of the co-founding members of the alternate roots he's probably one of the i don't know top top 500 men in the world in the country he's been uh trying to work his way into the into the top 400 that's pretty good that's pretty good that's that's high that's a high a high score. Um, but I have on the show today Mr. Eric Donnelly from The Alternate Roots. And uh, we talk about stuff and um, there's questions. It gets, it's good. It's It gets deep and it's fun. It's a, it's a really nice conversation that I had with Eric while we were in Colorado playing some shows uh, a couple weeks ago. Before we get into it, check out the Patreon page. Uh, support the podcast. Every little bit helps. Go on there. Um, and it's patreon.com slash after the gig. Go on there. Check out what we have to offer you. There's some there's some cool stuff on there. There's already some posts, some extra podcasts. Some uh, um, There's a blog post on there about the Red Warning Blue episode last week. And uh, yeah. If you want to email in, it's afterthegigpod at gmail.com. And if you don't, forget what I just said. Other than that, I think we're good. If you want to follow on Instagram, it's uh, afterthegig. Or if you want to follow me personally, it's at jhumphreymusic. And uh, I've been pretty absent the last couple of weeks just because when I'm home, uh, my life is pretty boring. And I haven't really been doing a whole lot. I've been apartment searching. So uh, that's, that's it. That's all I got. Here's the episode with Eric Donnelly. To be humble, to be kind. It is a giving of peace in your mind To a stranger, to a friend To give in such a way that has no end We are love, we are one We are how we treat each other when the day is done We are peace, we are war Um, yeah, I was just, that was, that was a fun, that was a fun night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the, the goodies. Yeah. So you're, thank, uh, thank the state of Colorado. Yeah. Thanks Colorado. (laughs) Um, that was like, 
probably the hardest I'd ever laughed just sitting in that hallway. <laughs> yeah, I felt like we were like and it went from 13 be- years old. <laughs> it went from being like one of the funniest things ever <laughs> to immediately being so scared when that door opened. <laughs> we got shushed. We got shushed. That was awesome. Yeah, what are you going to do? How's the week been for you? It's been great. I feel like um coming at the end of a uh, of a couple of weeks out and um and yeah, this week's been this week's been really fun. We uh, we started. Uh, I met up with you in uh, Crested Butte. Uh, we're out with Stephen Kellogg, um, and uh, we, we've done like what five shows in six nights so far. Four five sh- shows. Yeah, five shows, five shows and yeah. uh, and we've got one more today. And uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a lot of cool stages, kind of different. Um, you know, kind of like summery kind of festival things. And the way I describe it to Jen is like. Sometimes I'll play a bunch of ski resorts in the Northeast and they're not like mm-hmm. nearly as glamorous. <laughs> and these are just like the, you know, the big league version of, of those, you know, those and it's gigs. absolutely. And it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I'd say in the last like four or five years, I've played a bizarre amount of Colorado ski towns for like a dude who doesn't ski. Um, I've played, you know, I, I, in a couple of different groups I travel with, and um, I just, I feel like I'm always in Colorado, and I'm always in these, like, little ski towns. It's not a bad place to be. No, no, and, but, you know, I feel like the Denver airport is, like, a second home these days, and all these, like, little, you know, all these little ski towns, and, you know, I'm starting to get getting to, like, know them, and, you know, going for runs out here in, uh, in the altitude, like, I love it, I love it out here. It's great. How, so, when did running become such a, a huge... Oh, I, uh, did you always run? I always ran. Okay. I ran, um, my dad was a big runner, uh, growing up. So like he, w- I mean, he, he just like would run every day. And I'd say by the time I got to like high school, I mean like earlier than that, like we would run, but by the time I got to high school, um, I t- started taking it like kind of seriously and I ran cross country in high school. Okay. So you were competitive with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I ran in high school and then I ran in college. Um, I ran, I went to Fairfield U and ran cross country there. Um, and I wasn't good. But I I worked real hard at it. Like so, like all my friends were really good runners, yeah. um, and uh, I was kind of I was a walk on, and um, but I was able to you know keep up in practices, and you know I, I had a good time, and uh, but it was just like a habit that always stuck with me. So. When you first started with the running, was it always like a meditative thing for you? Because I know that you've mentioned that it kind of is now. Definitely now. I'd say no. When I was younger, it was more of like um, more of like a physical competitive thing. Okay. And I think as I've gotten older, it's gotten more of you know at this stage of my life, I'd say running is probably sixty percent mental for me and forty percent physical. Like yeah. you know, I feel like I'm out of whack when I don't do it, and um, you know, and I and I try to do other things, but I feel like nothing quite you know scratches that itch like like running does yeah but when i was younger i was just like obsessed with like trying to be fast and you know keep up with you know you know you know do well in races and and that kind of stuff and you know becomes kind of obsessive um but as i've gotten older and you know i don't really like race anymore um it's just all about just getting you know staying in shape but like finding like a good you know place to clear your head and kind of you know, and on the road, it's the best, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't realize how competitive you are. <laughs> I'm extremely <laughs> you're competitive. Really competitive. I am. I'm a, it's I'm funny a, cause you're the best kind of competitive because you're like, really like come <laughs> off as cool as a cucumber on the outside. And then when it's on, it's on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I, I, I've always been that way. I've always been like a really strangely competitive guy. Um, 
and I don't really have a lot of competitive friends anymore. I feel like the people in my life that I'm the closest to like aren't competitive. I've got one buddy that I grew up with, uh, who's, uh, who's a super competitive guy. Um, and maybe that's part of where I get it from. But other, but other than that, I feel like I'm surrounded by mostly people that think it's strange how competitive I am. But I mean, I think it's great. I, (laughs) I grew, I'm very competitive Mm -hmm. as well, but the problem with me, like before when I used to be in better shape, Mm -hmm. I was, it was much more competitive. And now like, the older I get, the less stuff I can do as well as I could. Mm-hmm. So I try to like laugh it off and on the inside I'm pissed. Yeah, of course. No, I know exactly what that's like. You know. The secret to being competitive when you're older is only undertake things that you have some experience in. Right. You know, um, so like I'm not, I'm not good at like, Hey, let's play. I mean, and I will, I'll, I'll have fun with it. I'll laugh at it. But like, there's only certain things that'll like click that off in my brain. Yeah. Like if I do something that I know I'm going to be terrible at, like that's just funny and it's a good time or whatever. But like, you know, there's, right. there's three or four things that if like you, we enter into that arena, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, it's on. Right, like so, I don't, I don't so have running, enough. Running's one. Running's one. Basketball's, yeah. basketball's, basketball's probably number one. Competitive wise. <laughs> Yeah, probably. But but if I was out with somebody and like we were running and you know they were gonna go faster and further, I'd I'd be like, all right, I'm going down swinging. Let's see how this goes. Were when you and Dan went for the run the other day, mm-hmm. um, up up the uh, uh-huh. down and up, up the, the mountain. Hill, was was that did that turn into a competitive? No, 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 that wasn't. And um, did you feel like it might at first? No, because I no. thought I thought it was going to. No, well. Well, this is where I, so, so basically what we did was we, we had, we basically we were playing on top of, we were staying on top of basically a mountain. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't really, you couldn't go up any further. So you basically had to run down. The only road went down. So we went down for about a mile and a half and then had to turn around. And the only way to go was just straight up. Straight back up. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we, we ran down together and then I, I, you know, ended up going up ahead of them a little bit, um, on the way back up, but there was no like competitiveness there okay what yeah. about uh what about in the alps <sighs> the alps well, first of all you were you before you got here with us you were out with uh can we, talk, can we say his name yeah of course mm-hmm. we were out with you were out with pete muller mm-hmm. in um switzerland yeah we, we, we Italy, did a, Valencia, yeah we went a couple i was over in europe for two weeks uh playing with uh with pete muller uh who actually i met um while i was on tour uh, with steven um he was the support act um and uh, i ended up doing a couple shows with him over in europe before we met up here and uh he was a runner so he is a runner so we ended up running uh over there a bunch and um and yeah, it was fun. We ran, we, we ran up a, Rosha Denai is the name of the mountain, but we ran up a mountain in, uh, in Switzerland. And, uh, that was, that was crazy. That was awesome. Was that like, that must've been super high altitude. Was oh, that, man. Was that it was higher cool. than here? Um, it, I think there it's, it was pretty on par. There were parts Comparable. of it that, you know, got up to, I think like up around like 14,000 feet is like are the big peaks here and i think it was comparable over yeah. there yeah i don't know him very well but i feel like he would be competitive he was and it's funny because the thing that he reminded me of he reminded me a little bit of myself in that terms of like you know oh let, let, you know let's go off a run it'll be super cool it'll be super casual um but here's but, the thing that i like to do and i do well <laughs> yeah and i can and compete you could see that he definitely had that a little bit um cool. and you know and he's you know he's he's a pretty remarkable person in I terms of like that. 
uh, you know, like, you know, he's just a busy guy and he, he, he gets a lot done and he, you know, sets aside time every day to do that. But like, you know, when he's in it, like he's in it and then that's fun. And that's like my favorite kind of stuff to do. So we went on some pretty crazy runs and, yeah. um, you know, he's definitely a more adventurous person than I am, you know? So like he was like running up some like streets and like you know, running up a mountain. So like, I feel like, you know, left to my own devices, you know, I, I probably would have found a path and like kind of ran along the water and kind of kept it simple. But yeah. I felt like he was kind of pushing me to be like, let's explore, let's run up a mountain, let's do this, let's do that. And I was like, all yeah. right, so let's see what you got, Donald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, yeah, he, uh, he worked it out. So it was cool. That was funny. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty glad that we got to talk to, uh, Dean. Oh my goodness. And, well, and, and it's funny and I'm going to, I should have started the podcast this way, but, uh, um, I can, always, I can always move it to the beginning. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but I'm like the most nervous podcaster because like I overanalyze everything. That is not I say. true because I recently did some podcasts. And I won't I won't say whose name it is. Mm-hmm. I, I will probably take this out too, but <laughs> I couldn't get the microphone in front of them. And they're so nervous. Like it's the second they have the thing in, in front mm-hmm. of them, it becomes like this other thing well so i'm gonna take it one step further so i I think in the moment i'm probably okay but when i leave this room i'm gonna replay everything we talked about. well that's what you did yesterday in excruciating detail and i'm gonna be like and anybody that knows me that is listening this is probably laughing because they know exactly what i'm talking about yeah but like i'm like a replayer in my own i'm I'm, I'm working on getting better at that but like do you think that's like you don't want people you want to control the like what people here yeah i think i mean how they perceive you or yeah i mean i think you just i think you nailed it right there like i have got this you know i'm I'm always worried about like upsetting people or offending people and um you know i'm not saying that's a great way to be but it's you know i'm very much you know like so you know you brought up the dean story and like you know dean is a very dear friend of mine um you know we've we've known each other for years and we used to be a good friend of yours (laughs) used to be a good friend (laughs) we've got this uh we've got this like kind of like joke um, you know, like, you know, we're just like mean to each other, but it's, it's, it's like our thing. We've always done it. And those like, are the, f- the like, so those are some of my most favorite relationships oh, mine that too. I've had with people. You know, and like it's always drummers just, too. I swear to yeah. God, I, I swear to God, like, you know, half the relationships I have with people that are, uh, that are like based on like a fake mean relationship. Yeah. They're, they're all drummers. Yeah. Maybe we got to get into it, Jesse. Maybe uh, yeah. we're being too nice to each other. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, we're not, we're not, we don't travel a lot with That's each true. other. Well, maybe we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Adam Pod and I are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Mark Goodell, do you know Mark Goodell? No. <clears throat> Mark Goodell does sound for um, for uh, uh, Bronze Radio Return. Oh, that, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I do. Plays guitar yeah, with of, Dan of course. Mills. Yeah, now, yeah. Just it's it's funny when you like hear names out of context. You're, yeah, like, it takes yeah, a second, yeah. but yes, of course. I, yeah, yeah. He, uh, me, and him used to like get into it to the point where it was like, <laughs> did we just cross the line? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it, 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 that, that happens. It's um, pretty fun. But, but bringing it back to the Dean thing, like in, and back to my own neuroses, uh, you know, like, so we've got this thing where like, you know, we're just like mean to each other and we joke around and like, sometimes people will get a glimpse of it and they don't know the context. Yeah. And like, I feel like when I walked onto that bus the other day and you were interviewing them, like I just like went right into that like character or whatever. Oh, it was incredible. And I'm like, if anybody hears this like cold, they're going to think, Oh, it was the best timing ever because the <laughs> second I saw that it was you coming on the bus, I was like, oh. oh but I like jumped right into the character. It was post show. It was after the gig. So, yeah. you know, adrenaline was flowing and yeah. Dean's there with his smirk on his face and telling that story. <laughs> and, uh, oh man. But no, I, so Classic anyway. Dean smirk. Yeah. Dean is, uh, 
Dean's one of my favorite people to run into on the road because it's like no time has ever passed. It's always the same. It's always the same demeanor. And yeah. um, craziest Dean story I have is I remember we were driving through we were driving through Ohio, which I guess makes sense. And it, I was with the, the the alternate routes. We were driving through Ohio and it was like like four in the morning, five in the morning, something crazy. We were driving through the night and we stopped at a rest stop and we weren't on tour with Red, Wine and Blue or anything. And like, we're all just kind of like foggy, like getting out of the van and like Dean just like appears <laughs> and we're like, what are you, look, did, did we get in an accident? What just happened? <laughs> Where are we? What, what just happened? And it was just <clears throat> Dean at a rest stop at Ohio at four in the morning. And we're like, man. And, but again, didn't break character, didn't react, just same yeah. thing. It's like, oh, you, great. And then he got in his car and left. Like, That's the best when he shows up. And it's not like, oh, my God, what yeah. are you doing here? Four in the morning, rest up, had no idea why he was there, what happened. Yeah. Didn't, it's like, oh, of course. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. Of course it's you. Yeah, didn't break character. So he's good. Those guys are that. funny. Dean was on, like, standing on the side of the stage when we were playing. Mm-hmm and like right next to the drums and every time i did a fill mm-hmm. he had that smirk i'm just like shake his head like <laughs> no no try again <laughs> no <laughs> i was i saw him from the front of house i saw him in the audience watching the show and we caught eyes at one point and i kid you not he mouthed the words you sound bad <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, man, he got me again. Got me again. Yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> anyway, Dean is uh, yeah one of my favorite people to run into, and he's very, very funny. Um, That's but, awesome. But if you didn't know any of that stuff, you know, you'd be like, what's going on with those guys? How long have you known those guys for? It's only been it's only been like a couple of years for me, but I've gotten closer with them through you know playing in Carbon Leaf. Yeah, because we're with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or I feel like we talk to them all the time or see them all the time yeah i mean I, I don't even remember the first you know i know we did i mean we did a tour in 2014 together and, and we definitely knew each other before that i'd say sometime i think it was probably like the rock boat you know i think it was okay. that connection yeah. i think they started getting like heavy into the rotation i don't know probably around like 2010 11 something like that yeah. so probably around those years is when we really got to know them and i'm sure our paths had crossed i think we had opened for them um in ohio uh, a few times over the years but i feel like we really got to know them kind of like you know in the last like seven eight years yeah you know when you like listen to a band or, or music and you know you're not like quite this is going to sound like a dig at first, but it's not. <laughs> but mm, um, you start to kind of listen to it, and then maybe you see them live for the first time. You're like, oh, okay. And then mm-hmm. you get a little deeper into it. They are like one of my favorite bands to watch live and, and just in general. No, right, I completely right agree. And they're even, so awesome. Well, and I think part of the, what you're describing is like they're getting better. Like I think They that's, are getting better. You know what I mean? Like every time yeah. you see them, it's like they've sort of upped the game and you know just like kind of on all fronts like as as performers and you know the songs and and the show and you know i just think like they're just a band that's firing on all cylinders right now and they're just a well-oiled machine one of the things that i noticed when i was on the bus with them is that like they all like genuinely really enjoy each other's company Mm, yeah like like a lot yeah it was actually kind of surprising to me (laughs) and yeah yeah and i was trying to get them to you know not get them to tell some stories about you know Mm -hmm. incidents or whatever but they just 
really like each other yeah and it's really cool yeah they're 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 great guys to be around and um you know and i got to do some touring with with scott and eric um alternate roots and red wanting blue have done this kind of like collaboration the arwb um where we went out with uh the double duo yeah the double duo so you know it was it was it was scott and tim and the two erics um (laughs) but uh that was a really fun tour we went out for a couple weeks or like two weeks and um (laughs) And it was just great. It was great getting to travel with those guys. And would you guys do anything together on that tour, or would it just be two separate? Sets? Oh no, it was it was the four of us on stage at oh, all times. Oh, all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so it's like it was a complete, you know, like new show. So basically, we we set up like four stools and we all sat. And we picked, you know, I think like five or six alternate root songs, five or six, um, I almost said carbon leaf, uh, red wanting blue songs, and a couple of covers. And yeah. you know, and it was fun because like you know. Tim would sing some of you know Scott's songs and okay. vice versa. You know we would like just swap things and yeah. it was a it was a really fun tour. But, but the harmonies were cool oh, because of, like how smooth Tim's voice is well, I, and how like that raspiness of Scott is. It was really exciting. It's been awesome. And the thing about Tim that I'll say is you know Tim the thing that people probably don't realize about Tim is you know he's one of the best harmonizers and, and, and I, I've, I've probably said this to you because you know, I put you in that category too. Um, but Tim is just an incredible harmonizer. Mm. So like as great as he is as a lead singer, you know, I really think like, like his most outstanding gift is just his ability to just like sing harmonies. He has a really good ear. Oh my God. He's got a great ear. Yeah. He's got one of the best ears. Um, and he hears like cool, crunchy, weird things. Um, and he can not only can hear them, but he can also like do them and deliver them and he can do it kind of like smoothly and effortlessly. And so when you get a singer like Scott, who's got a big, strong voice like that, yeah. and then you get somebody like Tim to sing with him, it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I got, I got to see a little bit of it in at union stage and, mm. In DC, but I wish I I wish I had got gotten to see more because that was kind of like a quick throw and go situation. Yeah. So they couldn't really get too much going together. But yeah. I I would love to see them do something on the yeah. boat. Have you ever sang with Tim? No. Oh man, you guys no. you guys would sound great together. It would be really fun. Mm. When did you guys? When did you and Tim meet each other? Tim and I met when I was at the very end of college. It was like it's funny because. It, it was like the last like month or like last couple weeks of, of school. Um, I was, you know, so like my whole college experience like was basically over. And then like the, you know, second to last week I got a, where'd you go to college? Uh, Fairfield university. Okay. I just got a message from, uh, from, a, from, Oh, well, I got a message from Tim being like, Hey, you know, uh, a friend of yours gave me your phone number. Um, and I'm looking for a guitar player. Uh, and so I was like, oh yeah, that, that, that's, that'd be cool. And I remember he sent me a demo of of some song and I just remember the first time hearing it being like, whoa, like, what is this? This is crazy. Yeah. And you know, we, we started playing together after that. Um, but it was the very, very, very end of my college experience. Um, but, uh, that's when I met Tim and Tim was younger, Tim is younger. Uh, so I, I think he was a freshman. So he was finishing his freshman year. I was finishing my senior year. Oh, wow. Yeah. What were, were, did you have like goals to go off on your own? and play music after college like if that didn't pop that's up a, for you yeah that's that's a great question um and i don't and it's funny i i haven't really thought about that much i've i was definitely gonna be a musician i mean that's what i was there to do and you know and it wasn't like instantly like that became like oh now we're in a band you know so i went out and you know i was playing guitar i was playing a lot of jazz at the time um so i'd play like restaurants and you know, coffee shops and, you know, different places. Um, but I played a lot, you know, I played a couple nights a week and, yeah. you know, I did a lot of teaching and, 
you know, not that different than, than now. You just, you know, you take whatever gigs come your way. Yeah, the classic, just music, musician, grab yeah. whatever students you can, whatever yeah, gigs you can. Exactly. And I, and I feel like just because I had just come out of school, I had more like connections. So like I was teaching a lot and I, I actually taught for the school that I went to. Um, Did you for, study jazz guitar at at Fairfield, school? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it wasn't like a huge music program, but the teachers there were incredible. So I studied with a guy named Brian Torf, who was the head of the jazz department, and a woman named uh, Dr. Laura Nash, who was the head of the classical department. Um, and I felt like I was sort of an enigma at the school because I was the only one that was like there to like study music. Right. Um, so they both kind of just took me on, and like I remember after my sophomore year. Uh, Dr. Nash said to me, like, well, those are all the music classes we have, so what do you want to do now? So, like, <laughs> we'll just do independent studies for the rest of your time here. And uh, But I loved it. It was, it was That's great. That's great. Um, Were you a good student? I was. I was, yeah. like, I was kind of a geeky student. I was, I, I was a good student in college because I feel like I had a chip on my shoulder, like, that I wanted to, to do well. But before that, I was never... Like I never took school very seriously, but when I got mm -hmm. to college, I did, and I feel yeah. like I had like something to prove or something. You yeah, because yeah. like you know, I went to school. You know, there was like everybody else was like a business major, and you know, so anyway. I can imagine. Yeah, I imagine Fairfield would be yeah a lot, of, a lot of that. Yeah, and like I grew up in Bridgeport, and everybody came from like really nice, fancy neighborhoods and all yeah. this stuff. And then like I feel like I feel like college is when I sort of got a chip on my shoulder of like. I can do this with these guys and you know, yeah. I took it real seriously. Were you playing in any other bands at all? <sighs> like anything that could have like nothing, that you traveled with? No, nothing like the touring thing didn't start till the alternate routes. I'd okay. say everything I had done pri pri prior to that was just kind of like local, like, you know, picking stuff up. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the couple of years after school, cause Tim was still in school. Um, you know, we started kind of playing together locally and, you know, sometime after that, we were like, oh, maybe we should start a band and, you know, did the whole, you know, got the name and kind of started putting it together. Was uh, it just the two of you for a while? Yeah. I mean, we never, we always performed with the band, but, you know, okay. we were always, it was always the two of us um, that, you know, oh, until we met Chip and then we met Chip Johnson. Um, he was up at Berkeley and uh, I forget the connection. Uh, it was actually a mutual friend of Tim's, I think, uh, a drummer named Mike Savitz who played with us for years as well. Yeah. Um, ended up kind of hooking us up with chip and that's sort of when like that kind of nucleus formed i've never met chip i it has um was was chip already playing with steven at that time no chip this was years before this was way before yeah that. this was way before okay. that so this was like probably 2003 2004 it was like chip was like a late addition to the yeah. sixers right yeah he yeah he was in like the, the the later phase of the sixers but in like the early phase of alternate roots okay and he's an incredible 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 musician yeah. great hair too great hair yeah incredible. he had short hair when i met him when we really? met him he like he grew his hair out like kind of in the in the years after we knew him um some guys just have like have an interesting not haircut, but like hairstyle or whatever. Yeah. And it just totally works. And every time I see him on like a video or like mm -hmm. a picture or something, I'm like, that dude has incredible hair. Well, I love it. <laughs> it's such a thing. No, absolutely. And it was fun traveling with him um, because, you know, like when you're out on the road with chip everyone knows you're in a band because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like you know like you know, even like when tim and i like we would go out like you know we could be you know we could 
be anything like you know but you don't look you know you wouldn't look at us and be like those guys are in a band yeah but when you have fun because when you're you, on the road with me you don't know what's going on <laughs> because it's like this dude wearing like you know a sweatshirt and like uh-huh. you know basketball yeah. shorts mm-hmm. look like i don't belong on a stage at all well you if you go out on the road with chip johnson everyone knows that you are a band yeah that's awesome. um but no he's great he had an, he just always and look always looks so cool on stage and crazy talented dude man like yeah. super super could play any instrument um but great bass player and uh so yeah he, he had a huge impact on um you know just the 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 the, the beginning part of, of the alternate roots and played on all those early records and you know everything you know so much of what we've been able to do and sustain has been through um a lot of the work that he did so yeah he's, he's incredible did you guys start playing original or start writing original music right away yeah that was t- i remember like so you never went through like playing covers and no bars that and was that tim's stuff. thing from the very beginning and that was new to Has me to be original yeah like i remember because like he he would always you know like to a fault like tim is just not a he's just not a cover he just doesn't play you know that's just like he's always drawn to like you know yeah. like oh let me write something for that or let me do something um and he, he kind of instilled that in me early. I remember the first time we got together, like we were playing at that like pops concert or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I wrote a song for it. You know, mm. I wrote a song for that. And I remember just, we like got together in a practice room and he's like, yeah, I've got like 60 something songs. And you know, so, and I, and I forget like he compared himself, not compared himself, but he, like he had this, like some other artists and maybe it was like, might've been like Dave Matthews or David Gray or something, but being like, you know, they've got 80 songs and like, you know, I'm working my way up to have that many or whatever. Yeah. So, but like that precedent was set really early of like, Oh yeah. Like we write our own, like this is what we do. Yeah. So yeah, we never learned a ton of covers. That's funny. Cause I, I kind of always thought the same thing. Like I need, you, you look at these artists that have these huge massive catalogs and part of like my problem is I look at it as like this crazy hill to climb. Mm hmm. And I don't see it as like, um, you know, something that you can just chip away at and keep doing it and finishing songs. Like that's my biggest problem. It's, it's a, it's a, a common occurrence on this podcast of me saying like that I have a hard time, like I can start stuff and I come up with good ideas and sometimes I'm better at like taking an idea and molding it into something cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have a hard time going start to finish with with a song i love writing but it's 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 hard and i admire people that can just be like all right we have this thing mm-hmm. gonna write this song for it and just go for it you know steven's like that mm-hmm. tim you, you know yourself and yeah well i mean i think assignment <clears throat> writing is also you know is always you know in some of the most you know best successful whatever word you want to use to describe it you know has been to fulfill a need like somebody asks you to do something or Mm -hmm. puts you in a frame of mind that's maybe outside of yourself you know i feel like that's when ideas can come quickly and i think the challenge is to try to implement that into situations where that's not necessarily the case like the other morning we woke up in um where we were in vale uh Mm -hmm. uh, when we're in the crazy house yeah when we're in the crazy house uh like but that morning like i woke up and i don't know what got into my head but i'm like i'm gonna write a song i'm gonna really i'm gonna finish it and and i'm saying like that is not always the case or i'd say that's the exception but like if you can just put yourself in the frame of mind like oh this needs to get done and just something that like had clicked in me that morning where i'm like oh no i'm gonna like 
going to do this. I'm going to ride the wave. And and, and, and I'm it. not and I'm not going to let myself get in the way of that. Like it doesn't have to be great. Like you don't have to judge it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. But if you can just put yourself in the frame of mind of like, I'm going to finish this song and take my own judging out of the equation and which is way harder to do <laughs> that, is, that is i mean but that's like that's everything yeah because you get to a certain point where where you write something and for me i like to bounce ideas off of people that i that i trust mm-hmm. you know like I, I bounce a lot of stuff off of dan mills yeah, yeah yeah um because you know he's really supportive um but sometimes you just have to just do it you know because yeah. if someone else says something that that creates this little idea in the back of your head and you're like oh yeah maybe i should and and then it perpetuates and it's and it's impossible to finish at that point but yeah no but. i i hear you and did you finish that song that song house? i did yeah that song i, I wrote a, yeah so that Cause i was curious because i remember i woke up and i saw your guitar case and your notebook mm-hmm. uh, outside on the thing i was like mm-hmm. oh i wonder what eric's doing but i didn't see you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh i think i went up to get more coffee at some point yeah so uh but, uh, but yeah, and, 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 you know, easier said than done and, you know, trying to figure, you know, everything's a work in progress and, you know, you're trying to figure out how to do it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's been the trip I've been on this trip in particular, um, or th- th- that's what I've been thinking a lot um, in these last couple of weeks out on the road of like, um, somebody told me about this book that I had never read, a book by Kenny Warner, uh, called Effortless Mastery. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to talk about it, um, as a, uh, like I'm an expert cause I haven't actually even had time to do any of the exercises in it. Um, but it was just really insightful. And the whole idea is just trying to like perform from a place of just kind of letting go and like, yeah. kind of like in like a meditative state or whatever. And, um, so I'm not an expert on the book, so I'll, I'll basically just kind of give you that version of it, but it's been something that's been very much in my head and like, you know, trying to like not only play that way or even just be that way, mm-hmm. but also trying to take that into writing of just like, just let go. And, you know, I, I, you know, I know myself over the years I've been, you know, you know, I, I you know, you just see yourself like, in pictures or in stage on video and you'd be like, Oh God, I can, I can still feel the things that were running through my mind at that time. Um, and you know, that's not how you want to be when you're performing and that's not how you want to be when you're writing. And you know, if you're writing with somebody or, you know, all those years, Tim and I were working on tunes, it's like, you know, if I could just have implemented some of those ideas, you know, and you know, you live and you learn, but like, I think whatever this, you know, next phase is, is just trying to get to that point of like, just, you know, just whatever happens happens. And, you know, just try to, you're just there to document it anyway. So just, you know, document it. Right. I was listening to, um, Mark Marin interview somebody on his podcast and it, it was an actor. And it was, it was something along those lines of, of that idea of performing and just being in the moment and mm-hmm. just committing. Mm-hmm. And I, ever since I heard that I started to implement that because I play a lot of solo acoustic gigs in bars where I'm just mm-hmm. background music. I'm playing yeah. covers and, and it's really, it's fun for me to, it, it, for me, it's, it's getting better at guitar, mm-hmm. singing more mm-hmm. and, and being more complete to be prepared for when I write these songs and I perform them and stuff like that, which I eventually want to do. But, um, just committing to the moment and not being feeling like the insecurity of like people looking at you and, and stuff like that. And, and ever since I started to have that mentality mm-hmm. towards be, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable on stage, but if I'm in a place like, like for example, yesterday when you're playing outside, you don't necessarily know how people are going to react mm-hmm. to what's going on. Of if course. they're here to hear you or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So that can be uncomfortable and you can be nervous to do your thing mm-hmm. because you want to be accepted and you want of people to enjoy course, it. Of course, yeah. But like just having that idea of just committing like we're doing this, you know, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to play the best I can. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to play the music as good as I can. And, and that's it. Yeah. And, and it's, and it takes away that, that feeling that like embarrassed, that insecure feeling, which, uh, which I have used from the second I heard that to, to now. And I think it, it's worked really great for me. Yeah. Well, you should, you should check out that book. Cause it's a lot of, it, it's, it's a lot of those ideas. Um, and I guess I sort of even touched on it with what I said before, but you know, for me, you know, so much of it is just like trying to get to a point where you're just like, quieting your mind and you're yeah. not you're not thinking of a million different things yeah. and you know you can really just kind of like focus on 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 playing and trying to play at the best level you can and you know so much of the stuff you're thinking about is out of your control anyway right. and you're letting it take you out of this experience right. and the only product is you having that experience and you're taking yourself out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if, you're there, if you're a performer, like that's your job is to perform and right. you know, you're, you're, you're letting something else take you out of that. So, right. Um, so yeah. So and just then like, when you get, when you come out of that, then you open yourself up to, to problems. It's like when you can close off your mind and mm-hmm. just be in what you're doing, then, then you can, then you can succeed. And if someone tries to like, it's harder for someone else to get into that or like, you know, for like a heckler, for example, yeah. which does, it doesn't really happen very often for music. Yeah. For, for that'd be music. terrible if it did, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like nice, nice singing. Yeah. You call that a bridge. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> we should totally start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Band hecklers. Interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when you um so you you've been uh, i've noticed that you you meditate a lot more than than i've than i've noticed in the past Mm. um are you is is that like what kind of like techniques are you using what are you are you just trying to clear things out yeah i think and i'm not an expert on it um yeah so i would i would certainly you know it's not something you know it's not something that I, i i can speak to with great authority but I've, I I think it's a lot of sort of what we've been describing. It's like, I think, um, you know, and maybe I'm being super reflective because I'm coming off like a a pretty long trip and, you know, I feel like I've, you know, I've, I've kind of just like experienced a lot in the last couple of weeks, but, you know, I think so much of, you know, trying to like meditate is just like, especially like before we play is just to like get into a place of just like quieting your mind. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty like I'm a worrier. I'm a huge worrier. I've always been a worrier. I always yeah. have things going through my mind. I'm always thinking of the worst case scenarios. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm similar. Yeah. I'm a chronic worrier. And I think, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, like if I go back and I watch, you know, videos of me in the past, like I can see that on my face, like I can feel it. And, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get yourself to a point of like, if it's even if it's just for an hour when you're on stage like you gotta shut that off you gotta you gotta turn your brain off and you know you just have to not think so much um have you always been like that always yeah. been a, a, a big worrier i've always been a big worrier yeah. yeah um so you know just trying to come at it from like the point of view of you know you know you know nothing that you're thinking about in this time has any effect on anything other than taking you out of the moment and you know affecting your own performance Mm -hmm. so just trying to get into that state yeah of like 
can I be calm about this and, you know, just not have a million different thoughts racing through my head? Yeah. Yeah. That can be, that can be tough. I've definitely, like when I first started playing with carbon leaf, mm-hmm. it was just so much, so much music and, Yo, of course. and that would be going through your head. And, and that's the worst thing when you're thinking about like, Oh, which, which parts next, you know, yeah. you can't play how you want to play. And now that, you know, now that things are more familiar, a different set of <laughs> of worries come up, you know. Yeah, but. well, and it's funny you describe that because you know, I think even that early phase of like, oh, what you know, w- w- you know, for me, like, what's the next chord or like, w- you know, b- mm-hmm. what does the bridge come up or like, that's even like a different level of like, that's just like technical stuff. Like that's right. just you know that you just you're still learning the show. But I'm saying like once all. But that's if you settled, do something, if you do something like that, like you know, make a mistake, have a clam, or 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 mm-hmm. you know, aren't familiar with with something, will that Will you have a short memory about that? Will you just get past it? I'm trying to get better about that. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel like it depends. You know, I feel like on a good day, you're just like, all right, it happens. You know, so that's something that my competitiveness, mm-hmm. uh, that's like, it really harmed me mm. at first because I would get so upset with myself. Mm, of course. Yeah. And I would just, that one mistake I would make would stay with me through the next five songs mm-hmm. and then you're thinking about it and then and then you're not performing anymore yeah. then you're just up there just a, a whole you know a bunch of worries in your head exactly and, and it's and it's terrible so yeah. now now i try to just forget you know yeah. if something happens i laugh and and i move on you yeah know, you gotta have a really short memory yeah well i mean and, and it's hard because i think you know as artists we're all you know we're all sensitive we're all insecure and you know so much of you know how we define ourselves is how we play an instrument or how we perform or how we, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever. And if something doesn't go right, like if you're too attached to it, like, you know, like I'm, you know, you, you take that really personally. So if you make yeah. a mistake, you're like, this is my whole life and I just screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if I can't do this, what can I do? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so tell me about it. So I think like, that's, it's like, you know, trying to get to the point of like, those things don't, they don't mess with you. And you know, you're able to kind of stay in the moment and just like say, all right, these things are going to happen. You're going to make mistakes, you know, but, and, and I think, I think the word I use the most often is just trying to be present you know anything yeah. that takes you out of being present right. is what i think you know for me at this stage of my is like that's the you know that's what i'm trying to to get away from it's like if i'm in my own head or if i'm thinking about something else or you know i'm upset about something and you know at the end of the day it's all just like just insecurities and fear and you know you're just worked up over something that's probably doesn't even exist in the first place right <laughs> and, yeah you know or, or a mistake that somebody else didn't even hear or you know interpreting something it's just like as much as that you can let go in my opinion is that so anyway so to answer your question that's 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 the that's the uh that's the challenge yeah because then you take yourself out of being able to communicate musically throughout the rest of the set because then you're not reacting to other people's musical ideas Mm -hmm. then you're just reacting to the mistake you made in your head Mm -hmm. and you're like you know yeah but i yeah that's a that's a big issue yeah that's that's something that i think they should teach more at a earlier age, but you know, you, you figure it out pretty. No, I agree. <laughs> throughout the journey of, of, of course. Of doing it, but. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're going to stay at it, like that's something you gotta, that's something you gotta, you gotta learn. How often are you writing with, with, um, like, are you actively writing new stuff for the alternate routes? Yeah. And then we'll get into like the stuff that you wrote with Steven. And, mm-hmm. Um, but, how often or how much material are you 
are you guys producing? So I feel like I'm always, I'm always writing. I'm always working on something. Um, and you know, I think, uh, so, so what we've been doing with the alternate roots is, uh, we've been doing a lot of, <clears throat> well, Kurt, um, who is crazy to me that you don't know, uh, you've never met Kurt. Yeah. It's funny because we're like friends on all the social yeah. media stuff and we've been following each other around <laughs> yeah. for, for gigs and stuff. But I, um, yeah, Kurt's, Kurt's one of those guys just from my perspective mm-hmm. that, you know, everyone has so much respect for him mm-hmm. as a player and producer and, mm-hmm. and, um, and you can, and from the outside, you really, you really notice that. And the fact that I just, you know, I got to get him on this podcast and I got to meet the guy, you know, oh, yeah. he will on the boat. Absolutely. But, oh, he'd um, be a fascinating person to talk to. And another person that if you, you know, if you witnessed probably 80% of our interactions, you would think we are bitter enemies by the way, <laughs> <laughs> by the way we treat each other. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, he's, uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's incredible. Um, crazy talented guy and one of the hardest workers uh i've ever been around and somebody that's really like you know especially like as a sideman he's somebody that i i i really admire and just like mm. what he's done as somebody who what he's done with the alternate roots is very much uh something that inspires me like when i go into other situations like you know i, I you know just the way he carries himself the way he handles himself how mm-hmm. prepared he is he always shows up and um you know, he's always better at something than the last time you saw him. He's always like improving. Always working on. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's just somebody who, when I, when I'm in a different situation, I'm always like, you know, he's somebody that I look up to, even though I'm like 10 years older than him. Um, (laughs) but he's somebody that I very much, um, you know, just like working with. Um, but to answer your question, uh, Kurt in the last couple of years, I mean, he's been at it for, you know, a very long time, but I'd say in the last few years, he's really honed his, uh, engineering and mixing skills Mm -hmm. and producing skills. And he's got his own studio now in Bridgeport. Uh, he works with, uh, Peter Cadis, who's one of the the best mixers, producers on the planet. Somebody that just kind of grew up in, or has a studio in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, just one of those serendipitous things that we've just known him forever and he's um crazy talented dude um and him and kurt have struck up a friendship and you know through tennis uh was like kind of the catalyst like they, they tennis played, yeah they played a lot of tennis hmm. together um and just it just like organically grew um into this kind of situation where you know kurt is you know just working at an incre- at a crazy high level and he's got a he's running a studio now um and uh so we've been working with kurt on our tunes um so you know we're always working on something you know we we, we definitely want to start putting out more stuff um because i feel like it's it's so cool to have access to to you know what we do and you know taking the time that we take um but, you know, I think now the next phase is like, all right, can we now, how can we do this and expedite the process as far as, and, you know, I think 90% of that just comes on Tim and I being, you know, <laughs> um, you know, just making sure that we get stuff done faster. Right. Um, but, you know, we're always, we're always writing, we're always working on new music. We're always in the studio. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like we're not releasing things as fast as, you know, as we could. And I think that's the next phase, but um, I'm really psyched with, uh, with the stuff that we have. We've got it. We just finished a song before. Uh, came out on this trip actually got the master back so that'll be coming out soon so mm-hmm. always working always writing i'll tell you that um 
I think it was a couple of years ago, the song that the song that you wrote, I think, I think it was about your, your parents mm, somewhere in America. Yeah, that was, that's a great song. Oh, well, thank you very yeah. much. I, uh, I don't I, know how comfortable you are talking about, no, talking, talking about that, but, yeah. um, your, your parents were tragically, mm-hmm. tragically killed in, uh, in a shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, how that, I mean, that must've had, had an, a crazy intense effect on you. Uh, how old were you i was 26 i was uh so i was 26 um and timing wise it was um so yeah it was and i mean i guess telling the story from like the point of view of 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 music and and where i was um i guess that's actually something i haven't talked about much um but we it was tim chip and i we were going down to Nashville to make our first record in the beginning of March. And it was like a really exciting time. We had just signed with our first manager. Um, we were going to go make a record with Jay Joyce, which was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to go down to Nashville. It was just a crazy exciting time. Like yeah. everything was just like, this is amazing. This is amazing. We had all these songs. Um, it was, yeah, it was like a, a really exciting time. And, uh, and then, uh, it was the beginning of February. Uh, my parents had a jewelry store in town um and yeah somebody uh came in to to rob the store and uh they were killed and it was it was just this surreal time because you know you know i was messed up for a long time and but a couple weeks later you know got on a plane and went to nashville and we recorded good and reckless and true wow so yeah that time is a bit of a blur um yeah i can imagine like just you know the way the brain works to kind of block yeah. some things out and then you have all these other things going on at the same time like your brain was probably like protecting itself yeah and you know, you know there's just so much that you don't realize you know there was like logistical things to worry about there's like a store to close down there's a trial there's a criminal case there's Ugh. you know there's just like there's so many details and then you know and and then then there's my sister and there's you know there's the rest of the family and you know so it's it it was this crazy intense time um how long did how long did all that go on for like the trial and everything the trial didn't happen until 5 years later and then you had to like see this dude every day oh. uh, in, a, in a, well and you know to each their own i mean i'm grateful for that part of it um i'm grateful for the time that went by between when it happened and you know, cause you know, I was able to make a lot more peace with it. And yeah. um, I feel like if it had happened too soon afterwards, I think I would have been angrier. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was grateful for the time and I was grateful to be able to process it the way I did. And it wasn't easy, but, um, you know, I feel, I feel at peace with it now. And you yeah, know, that just, it just took a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. And, you know, there are days when it's easier than others, but you know, that amount of anger is real. I mean, I think that was the thing that I learned throughout all that, like, you know, and, and that was a part of myself that I don't think I had ever really experienced before. Of, just how, uh, how angry you are. How, how you can be that angry. Yeah. And, um, and that took some figuring out, you know, and I'm sure I wasn't easy to be around in those years. Um, I'm still, I mean, I'm not saying it's all fixed, but you know, I think back to those pretty easy to be around. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, ask the, ask the rest of the alternate routes that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a big part of what I'm trying to figure out is how to, how to be an easier guy to be around, like in that situation, you know, cause I feel like, you know, when you're a side man, it's easy to come in and why don't you think you're easy to be around in that situation with, with, uh, the alternate routes? Again, this is stuff I'm figuring out, but I mean, it's one of the things that I'm grateful for. Is for, it just because of like the, 
I just think when I'm like when I'm in charge or when I'm I, I can just be stressed out. I can okay. I think too much. I you know I think like whatever like easy breezy version of Eric that people seem to know like mm-hmm. as a side man. Yeah. You know I, I like uh, being able to try to incorporate that into like my own project is a big goal of mine that like didn't even dawn on me until like the last couple months of like oh man like you know yeah it's been it's been very humbling and very very interesting that's interesting because i well i wonder well that kind of brings me to when you were writing with steven for Mm -hmm. the objects in the mirror like i remember um you know steven tells a story of how like oh these songs are done and then you would Mm -hmm. come in and be like no i think we should do something else or or fix this part or whatever Mm -hmm. but the just the the only part that I really saw of you guys writing together when, was when you're trying to work out the chorus of objects in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I came in, I tried to like, I heard something and I was like, can I try to, yeah, yeah, yeah. can I give you this p- little piece that I'm hearing in my head? Um, but it seemed like you guys were really like, you guys were working really hard at trying to make, make the songs per- like perfect as mm-hmm. good as they possibly could be. Mm-hmm. Um, would you describe yourself as that kind of difficult person in that scenario with Steven? No, or? believe it or not, I think that was that, that I, I, I would still put like, cause so for example, with Steven, it's easier for me because like that line is so clear. Like it's a right. Stephen Kellogg song, right? you know, and you know, like, so like I can have very little ego about anything. Like I'm mm-hmm. there to help. I'm there to make help him feel better about the song. And you know, and that's the, like, that's, that's the final bench. Like, that's the final answer. Like there's right. no, there's no arguing that. Like, and, and one of the things that, you know, it's hard to argue with Steven in, in, in the first place. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's true. But, but like, you must've felt some kind of like ownership to some pieces of the, of the music. Oh, oh no, absolutely. But it, my role was so clear. And the thing with Steven is Steven is such an emotional guy and yeah. he's such an emotional writer. You know, if I made a suggestion and he would say something like, Oh, like that doesn't make me feel anything. Mm hmm it was just like, Oh, case closed. Like this, like you just answered the question like that. And, uh, yeah. and, and that, but that, that's an easy frame of reference to work from. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, like, so the, the Steven stuff is like, you can work hard at it in, in, in terms of like, I tried really hard. I gave my best effort. Um, and you know, I did the best that I could, but it was not, it wasn't, it, emotionally it wasn't hard for me because it's you know i i didn't have that connection to it where like i took it personally right and i think like that's a big thing that i'm trying to figure out it's like i think for so many years i took pride on like oh i work hard i work so hard i work so hard yeah um but like trying to be at a point where it's like okay like whatever this next phase is it's like it's not about work like and steven's a good example it's like you know it's not like you can do the work, but not be so attached to it right. that it like becomes problematic for the other people. Right. You're with. right. Does, does that make sense? Am I explaining myself? No, it well? makes perfect sense. I mean, like you, you go in and, and you have an idea or maybe you're playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. for, for some idea to try to bring out the best thing, like make the cream kind of rise to the top. Mm-hmm. But like if you are working on a song and you tap into whatever emotional thing that you know steven is thinking that's a really good feeling because then you're on the same wavelength but if you if if you're on like you know i've had this experience before um and maybe it's because 
I'm not known as a songwriter to this crew or this group, mm-hmm. but like I've come up with ideas and had them completely, you know, like for example, when we were doing that, I came up with that idea. I played it and Steven completely just ignored that I was even there. <laughs> oh even, man. Yeah. Even, yeah. and, and it, it didn't feel good, you know? Yeah. That's something that like, I want to work on to, to develop because I am a complete musician and I like want to be able to have my ideas taken seriously in, yeah. in, in these circles. But in that particular instance, it just felt like, I don't know. I don't even know how I got on this tangent, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but either way, like if you're, if, if you're working on something with Steven and, and I learned that over the years and, the, and, and Steven is like, you know, playing with him has been a great learning experience, but you realize that if what you're bringing to the table doesn't connect with what he is thinking at the moment, mm-hmm. then it's just not, you know, you need, you need to just forget about it, move on and try and try something else. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's, yeah, no. And that I makes, know how I got around in that circle, but no, no, no. And, and, and that makes sense. And I think that's, you know, that's similar to the mindset that, you know, like when you're in a situation and you're there to help and you're there to like, you know, like, you know, if, if you know, you're writing a Stephen Kellogg record or you're writing yeah. a Stephen Kellogg song, you know, his opinion is everything in that equation, you know, yeah. and you can, you know, you can offer what you can offer. Um, and, but I think there's, there's a lot of tr- truth to that. And that's, you know, that's something that, you know, but, but to kind of like give the, the flip side of that, you know, like, so what I think what you're describing, I think is a healthy version of like, Oh, how about this? How about this? How about this? But again, if it doesn't happen, it's like, okay, that's fine. But, yeah. But if yeah. I'm working on something and again, this is probably more information than, but like if I'm working on a song that I like that that I you know like that I'm thinking of as like from an artistic part of view of like oh this is you know this is my song or this is an alternate root song yeah and somebody like makes a suggestion I can be terrible <laughs> when it comes to like <laughs> I mean you know like you know asked him what writing somewhere in America with me was like like you know it's just you know I'm sure I was you know like defensive and like you know yeah. and you know like no this is my thing and you know and but you know we're needy people and like you need people and you're reliant on them and you need their approval and you need their support but at the same time you don't want you know you know you can be so clinging to these ideas that maybe you're not so anyway that's the stuff that i think i'm sorting through and i think you know an opportunity to write with other people no different than the opportunity to play with different people has been very illuminating yeah about those parts of my personality and, and very humbling to be honest yeah. and you know so i'm grateful for the opportunity to get to play and to get to make music um and to get to write music with other people but it's been it's been eye-opening there's a there's a scene in or a couple scenes in uh did you ever see bohemian rhapsody uh, yes i did so when freddie mercury goes off to do his own his own thing and then he realizes that if he's not challenged by mm-hmm. his ideas it's not queen. It yeah. doesn't, it's not, it doesn't bring him to his best, but when he comes back and has those tensions mm-hmm. that ultimately, you know, there's compromise, there's all kinds of stuff that makes those songs. Yeah. Queen songs. Exactly. So you never, you, you know, having the people around is, is really 
like the people that you trust and that you work with that you can have those mm-hmm. those tough conversations with or those tough ideas oh exactly ideas like challenged yeah that makes it that makes it even better yeah no i completely agree and you know and that's 20 years of being in a band you know that's what it'll teach you, you yeah know? that's yeah i feel like i can't remember exactly what my idea was for for that melody in in the chorus of that song but i think it kind of got close to to there maybe not exactly the same yeah no i remember i mean i remember we were <clears throat> hanging out and um and that was like that's when that idea came you know and it was yeah because i remember it was like you guys were having a tough time mm. and then and then it started the ball started rolling after that which yeah. was which was pretty cool mm. um are you happy with that record objects in the mirror which which songs which songs uh were you co-writer on i was a co-writer on i believe six of them um but yeah no that that record um that that record was a lot of fun to make and and it was fun because it was it all happened very quickly you know like from when steven sent me uh he just sent me a whole bunch of ideas um like 80 or so like a dropbox full of ideas and in various forms and shapes and you know some were just voice memos with a you know couple of words here and there and some of them were like fully produced tracks that just hadn't made previous records so it was a big it was just like a big collection of, of songs and ideas and um but just over the course of a few months to just like whittle it down figure out what was there what we you know what 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 he might be missing and and putting those tunes together um and then recording it it just it just all happened very very quickly yeah, it seemed like it happened like really fast yeah and it was it was fun and it was fun to watch steven you know kind of do his thing um you know he he was he was a man on a mission and <laughs> yeah. uh he went down there and uh i think we were talking about at dinner last night but like there wasn't a, a lead vocal overdub like he sang the whole thing live yeah it was pretty impressive it was impressive and he played guitar up while he did it the whole thing and you know didn't make a mistake didn't make a flub that we had to like all right well you know you messed up the guitar so we have to redo the vocal right right it was just like he just he went down there and he was a man on a mission and you know it it was it was it was really cool it was fun to be around and um you know i i and i think he's happy with it which is ultimately what you know what you base anything like that on is that uh you know i was i was happy that he asked me i was I was grateful that he asked me to, to, to work on some of those tunes and to play on the record. And it was a cool experience, um, just like across the board, but you know, I think he's happy with it. I think it's some of his best work. And I, I honestly, I think it's his best, best solo record. And, and, and like, I, you know, obviously I've played a lot of the old, mm-hmm. the older stuff, but it's one of those things that you don't, when you, when you play, you don't listen back to the whole records. Mm-hmm. That's not like the purpose, Yeah. but I, I honestly think it's his best his best uh record. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm obviously biased. Um so you know I think there's six songs in particular <laughs> I that think are, those the are the best. And let me tell you no. Um <laughs> but no, I just you know, and I think you know, and I, I know it's a story that, you know, gets told a lot. Um and you know, I'm sure it's it comes across, you know, like what actually was said in the moment, who knows? Um but, you know, I I meant what I said when I said to him, you know, you know, as I said, Steven's an emotional guy and he was he was really upset that day. Like there's there's truth to that the, the to yeah. that story of he was he was down and you know, I think the one thing that I've learned over the years is, you know, we're in the business of making music and music 
is ultimately the thing that we're judged on. And I think the experience that I had with the alternate routes had with nothing more was just like, it put everything in perspective because there was just something that was doing work for you. You know, mm-hmm. there was a song that was out in the universe and you know, you know, you, you can't take too much credit for it. Cause like, who knows? Um, but you know, you know, we're ultimately in the game of if we're going to put our energy in certain places, it's like, it's got to go into the music. Like yeah. that's what's got to ultimately do it. And, you know, at this stage in my life, like, you know, I don't look at what other people have and say, oh, if only this or if only that, or if I could have just gotten this or, you know, I'm unlucky or anything. It's just like at this stage of the game, I'm like, I'm 40 years old, you know, I'm where I'm at in my career. And the only thing that's going to help is getting better is like to become a better player to become a better person to become a better writer like you know there's like that's just you know at this stage of the game that's just sort of where i'm at and it's like you know he was frustrated with you know uh, like a tour or something that didn't go his way and you know and and i and i tried to i guess say something close to what i just said to him it's like like that's not where your energy should be your energy should be towards making the best music you can and other than that, we don't have anything to talk about. Like that's yeah. all there is, you know, that's and, really all there is to say. I mean, yeah. I, I remember being around a lot during, during that time too. And like, and you're exactly right. It's putting the energy in your music and trying to get better and make and put better stuff out into the world is mm-hmm. really all it's all about. You can, there's only so much stuff you can do only so much stuff in a tour that you can change to like try to make the old stuff new or or interesting again yeah but that's only going to get frustrating i think that's really where he was at yeah because i think i think the tour in question Mm -hmm. (laughs) is uh the postcard tour which was which was like trios myself um the guitarist and and uh and Steven, and it was just like trying to reinvent mm-hmm. old stuff, which I don't think went exactly as planned or the way that it he visualized it to be. And I and I think you coming up to him and saying that about just like go forward, like make make new music, do the best you possibly can was the best advice he could have ever gotten. Cool. I'm glad he took it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and I think, and it's interesting cause you know, not to always like, but like, you know, people, you know, like, you know, like alternate roots isn't on the road as much anymore or hasn't been on the road as much in the past like year or two, um, for various reasons. Um, but you know, but if that, inti- like, but that to me, you know, like, so it's easy to like, look at that and say, oh, okay, well you guys aren't as busy or, you know, and the truth is like, you know, life at home has been, you know, um, you know, it has been very busy and, but like when that intention is still there that, you know, you're still trying to create like, you know, when you're still trying to write those songs and you're still trying to figure that out and, you know, we're still working with Kurt, you know, you know, all the time and you're, you know, still constantly writing, trying to create that next thing. Like to me, that's, you know, that's as valuable as, you know, the other stuff that is maybe just easier to understand, like being out on the road or being out there, you know, but at this stage of the game, it's like, you know, and, and having had like maybe a little bit of a taste of that in the past, um, you know, you, you want more, you know, like, you know, like, like whatever, whatever ride, nothing more took us on was exciting Mm -hmm. and it was fun. And, you know, I was grateful for it. And I was so proud of, you know, what the, what the song did and what the song was about, but you know, like watching something just kind of take a life on of its own was, mm-hmm. was exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's always interesting. Like when, when 
like listeners get a hold of what what you took and maybe the the meeting the meanings that you were writing and and whatever you got out of it and how mm-hmm. they just take it and it's and it's not yours anymore yeah you know it's and it's kind of interesting the way that happens no and it, and it's really cool and you know and but that i think that very much changed um you know at least you know on some level the way that you know maybe the way we approach things it's like you know it's like you know you like that's that that's always the goal that's always going to be the goal for me it's mm-hmm. like trying to write something that that has that you know and that and i'm not saying that everything has to be that and you don't have to, like to get back to what we were saying earlier <laughs> you yeah. can't judge every idea and be like well if you're not this then you're nothing because that's not true either <laughs> um but you know i'd be lying if i if i said that like you know like that's that you know that's what i want to do i want to like those like uh, like that to me is the most exciting part of what we do is like, it's like trying to write songs like that and like trying to write, you know, just like getting inside tunes. Right. Um, has becoming a, a dad complicated things or made, made things better or it's just not like, it's something I'm always interested in. Like Steven has four kids. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of guys in this world, in this circle that have kids yeah. that, you know, some ultimately stop and, you know, uh, spend more time at home or whatever and others which is like what i think is the coolest thing ever is when they make it part of their their ride and they mm. continue you know is is that has that made things different as far as travel well, or or well, writing so to answer so the, the 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 first thing to say like being mm-hmm. a dad is awesome on every level um yeah just being a dad is awesome period and it's pretty obvious that your son's gonna be a drummer (laughs) (laughs) he very very well man he's 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 well on that path um uh uh but to to make to answer the question practically so yeah like in the big picture being a dad's the greatest thing ever um but practically speaking i think what it does for you know being a musician and being a touring musician and being an artist it just ups the stakes for everything yeah and you know you know, you just have to, it makes you want to get better. It, you know, just being honest, like you, like, you know, you can't, um, it just, yeah, it just, it ups the stakes. Like if you're going to leave, it's got to be for a reason that's worth leaving for. I feel like when we were younger and like we're in our twenties, you know, people would be like, Oh, let, go play here. And we'd be like, sure, whatever. Like we'd yeah. take any gig, we'd lose yeah. money. We'd, you know, break even, we'd, you know, be gone for a long time. We'd do these crazy drives to play bad shows and you know go off and just do kind of like crazy things that just weren't that smart um and i feel like being a dad makes you weed a lot of that stuff out because it's like and maybe if we were just better businessmen or if i was just a better businessman i would have weeded that out (laughs) well before that yeah um so but but for me that was you know the catalyst is like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna you know say to my wife like hey i'm gonna be gone for three weeks like you know, there's got to be a reason for it. There's got to be, you know, there's got to be a plan. It's got to be a good situation. And, um, so I just think it, it ups the stakes, but like, you know, I'm glad that he sees me, you know, doing what I do and, you know, hopefully I'll get to keep doing it. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to leave. And especially he's getting a little older now and, you know, is able to kind of figure it out and knows that I'm leaving and, you know, can verbalize the fact that he misses me and in a a way (laughs) that I understand. So, you know, that kind of stuff is hard and, um, but you know, I hope when all is said and done that he'll recognize that, uh, you know, I'm out doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing and, you know, hopefully that'll give him some pride or not pride, but like he'll understand, you yeah. know, be like, well, I think it's important that 
that people do what what they love to do. I mean, mm. You're only here once, and you you gotta make yourself happy and and do it. And if it gets a little harder, then you gotta work a little harder. You yeah, know? and and that's always been my solution is yeah if it gets harder you just gotta just gotta work harder and you know and and work better i mean i think maybe that's sort of the trip i've been on the last couple weeks is you know because like i said like i was always the like work hard guy and i still am but you know it's like you know can you work you know can you work more effortlessly can you work kinder can you work you know can you work more efficiently you know what i mean like i think those are the the places i'm trying to figure out right now because you know because like the stakes are raised, you know, you just gotta, yeah. you gotta get better, you know, you yeah. gotta figure this out. It's awesome, man. Is there anything else you want to add? I feel like we've, no, I mean, over an hour, this is over an hour, hour yeah, and 20. Yeah, no, if you've got any other questions or if you're, no, I mean, it, like you're, you're my, one of my favorite guitarists to play oh. with and, and hang with. So I really appreciate you doing it. No, man. It's thanks awesome. for having me. And, um, and yeah this is great are we playing together anytime soon are we we got we got a, we got so. a gig today and then i don't know if we got anything gig today but i don't even know if i'm like i think i'm playing on a snare drum or something it's not it's not going to be like it has been the last few yeah. days but um you know hopefully on the rock boat we can yeah. get like a big jam or something together yeah or or, or a basketball game we're definitely going to get a basketball game can I'm, anyone in the carbon leaf camp play is there anybody well, i should worry about barry's tall the thing about Barry mm-hmm. is that he just has, he's just a very athletic dude. Mm. I've never really seen him dribble a basketball. I've, pl- I've played horse with him okay. a couple times. He's not very good, mm-hmm. but he's very athletic and he's very like physical. Okay. Is he competitive? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Right. He's, a, he's a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> so we might, we might put Tim on Barry then. So if I played like, I don't want to give away our strategy or anything but uh-huh. if you played against say barry and i which i think would be the most competitive matchup okay i would probably be the one throwing my weight around okay down low mm-hmm. and then barry would be doing most of the running okay All but right. i don't know we'll have to come up with some plays and surprise you so is this is this a is this a thing are we throwing this out there is there a third we could uh is there a third if you if we were to do a three on three it would probably be or should we keep this to a two on two it would probably be better to do a three on three because if i because if we got like Carter, i don't think john would play but if if we got carter john wouldn't play i don't think so really i don't think so i don't know i thought he would be like your ringer i mean if we were like doing usc fights (laughs) He would be the ringer. <laughs> well, that we will not be doing. That could be that could be actually a, a good strategy for us. Like he just sneaks up behind you guys. And yeah, I was gonna out. say you got to have an enforcer. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I've never I've never like I've played catch with John once. Okay, and he's not that good. Okay, fair enough. So, but if we were to have like a wiffle ball matchup, that's me all day. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't know, man. I think I think you got your work cut out. All right, I just well, got to bring the right shoes because last time I wore these, and I think I almost broke my ankle. Yeah, proper proper footwear is mm-hmm. important. Well, yeah. let the let the gauntlet be cast or the challenge be sounded. Yep. there's gonna be a there's gonna be a little basketball on the boat. I honestly think that we should get it. It should be an event that's on the the rock boat calendar. Yes, it, it's the 
the band the band two on basketball two two, two on two tournament. or three on three tournament uh let, let's put that out there six man let's make this happen yep so if you want a successful boat you're gonna make this happen yeah that's gonna be good oh that would be so fun like they could do like an afternoon like you, yeah. you know it would be the best time to do it like maybe on like one of the port of call today well i don't know if that would be too much because then the boat's not moving oh well but, when we when we played last time it was before the boat even sailed away it, oh. was, it was like the first day okay is that right i i feel like it was like the second i feel like that was, was a protocol day anyway yeah but anyway so six man if you're listening we should have a basketball tournament a mm-hmm. band basketball tournament on the boat yeah and then you have like you know have like a i don't know if there's a dj or just mm-hmm. set up some music we got some music going yeah. have somebody like as the hype man Call, you know that would be that would be great it would be pretty great be I like could, nba I, jam yeah i could picture like maybe the sister hazel guys being the the doing like the color commentating yeah that'd be good unless they want to play maybe that yeah maybe they're maybe they're, they're challenge good. the challenge is raised to any band out there that you wants the challenge you hear that switch foot <laughs> <laughs> all right man all right man thank you so much for having me man Thanks, dude and that is it that's my conversation with mr eric donnelly uh thanks for listening please stick around for the music um this song that i'm about to play is is called somewhere in america and i remember i remember hearing this song for the first time um when it was just a demo before it was released and it was just like you know eric talked about uh, talked about it a little bit in this episode about his parents and um you know, just listen, listen to the song, listen to the lyrics. I'm not trying to make any kind of political statement here. Um, you know, the song, the song may, but it's, it's his firsthand account of, of how he felt during, uh, during that time in his life. And he talks a little bit about it in the episode. Um, but I think the song really, uh, really speaks volumes and it's one of, it's one of my favorite songs. I didn't really know much about the alternate roots before, um, before i don't know a couple years ago like two two or three years ago i was already i was playing with eric uh while with with stephen kellogg before i even knew about the alternate route so i kind of got into it a little bit later but please enjoy this song and um i'll see you next week thanks the last thing that my father saw when he was still alive Was a gun in the hands of a sick young man With bright blue eyes A man who looked just like me As far as anyone else could see A stranger, not an enemy And my mother watched it all That was the last thing that she saw And somewhere in America A phone is about to ring And nothing can prepare you for The news it's gonna bring And nothing Changes just the names in the faces. 
somewhere in America A phone is about to ring An unlucky break, wrong time, wrong place I've heard them all so many times If your dad had had a gun of his own Maybe they'd still be alive Somewhere in 